It's the truth on WTMJ with Denise Thomas. Anytime Dr. Ken and I work, the, the general assumption or assessment would be, ooh, y'all don't like each other. Based on what? Well, you guys always disagree. That's healthy. <laughs> That's how you learn. And we also have Corey Smith, who we've just given him his radio persona name, y'all. C. C. Smith. C. Hello, Smith. Hello. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studio at the Avenue, here's Denise Thomas. Heard it. You heard it. You heard it. Good evening. Happy Sunday. Hope you're having a great weekend. And by the way, happy, happy Women's History Month as we have kicked off as of Friday. The month of March, we celebrate all the incredible women, whether they are corporate leaders, community advocates, just overall great women. We want to give you a big thank you, a big shout out. And we've got literally uh, 28 more days. Corey, are you are you celebrating Women's History Month? Every day. Answer wisely. Every See, that's day. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. I'm proud of you, brother. I like I like how you said that. Absolutely. Now, before break, we were talking about whether or not however you feel if either President Trump or President Biden were to abruptly drop out of the presidential election race. And by the way, breaking news, if you have not already heard, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley will win the Republican presidential primary in Washington, D.C., according to news outlets, including CNN and Fox News, after three days of voting in the party's only capital polling location. Haley will win her first primary in the District of Columbia, our nation's capital. Again, Nikki Haley will win the D.C. GOP primary. Thoughts, Corey? What do you think about that? Nikki Haley winning in D.C.? You're not surprised. She's been doing well in certain areas. Uh, I do not know if it will be enough to defeat uh, former President Donald Trump, but yeah, she's holding on. She's 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 putting up as as the older people used to say back in the day, the fine fight. She's fighting the fight. Why do you fight. think she's holding on? Why do you think she's she's not going to drop out? Because it appears as though she's not going to drop out. In the possibility Trump is in fact incarcerated, uh, she's probably holding on to to the hope that that happens, so she could uh, take take the denomination for the Republican Party. Do you think the Republican Party is backing her up as the alternative candidate? Privately, publicly, they won't. Interesting. So why would they why would they do that privately and not publicly? Uh, Trump's wrath. <laughs> I don't think they want to. Uh, uh, that's going to become a very public debate if you back Nikki Haley publicly. Uh, and Trump gets wind of it. So if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about based on, and and again, these are realities. I'm not for or against any of the presidential candidates. I'm really not. I'm just trying to make sure as an American, 
that we have the kind of leadership that really promotes the basis of this country, and that is democracy, that is equality, and that is equal access so that any law-abiding, tax-paying citizen who wants, however they defined the American dream, has the ability to, to thrive. And what, what I'm seeing now is we have one presidential candidate whose age is a factor. It's not about being ageist or demonstrating ageism. He, President Joe Biden is 81 years old. Me personally, Corey, I don't want to run anything at the age of 81, let alone the most powerful country in the world. I'm good. I agree. I agree. On the other hand, and, and I guess this, and I, again, I'm, I'm just guessing this may have been what triggered Michael, the caller that we had earlier, who, who said, you're against Trump. <laughs> he is facing legal challenges. That is a fact. He has been ordered to pay almost half a billion dollars. What other presidential candidate in the history of this country would be able to get away with that? And I'll start with President Barack Obama. There's no way. We would even be having a conversation if the legal challenges that President Trump is facing, if those were the same that President Barack Obama as a candidate would be even considered. It would just be the, the biggest backlash. Now, here's a reality. A lot of people are basing whether or not they will vote for President Biden based on Vice President Kamala Harris being what would be the alternative. Some people see her as a liability. Some people say that she may be the best alternative for the Democratic National Party. However you feel, whether Biden is too old to be president or whether that's not a big deal, Biden's second in command is a black Asian woman. And for a lot of folks, that's a problem. And for others, it's not. And for others, race and gender have nothing to do have nothing to do with it. It's just something about her we don't like. And again, I'm speaking just on different opinions. Corey, what is your take? How do you feel about because I, I and again I'm sp- expressing this commentary based on my feelings. I I feel like the Democratic National Party is about to drop a bomb. I don't know what it is, but I feel like a bomb is coming, and I feel that that bomb very well may be Biden not running. It's getting very close. Well, it's getting very close to being being stuck with him, so to speak. At this point, it's getting close. Uh, you probably ideally would have liked to have done that fall of 2023 it's at the latest so I, I think he will be the candidate i think he will be on a ballot i do believe that trump will be on the ballot as well um and then you you will just have to leave it into into the american voters hands uh but but yeah i think that's kind of a they're kind of they have to go with biden at this point they they just have to uh it, it would be the smart thing to do he's done some things well uh, again, that's up for debate. <laughs> I disagree but, yeah. in terms of they have to. I really, I, I, for some reason, 
especially, you know, we've got the Republican National Convention, which will take place in Milwaukee, July 15th through the 18th. We've got the Democratic National Convention, which takes place down the road in Chicago, August 19th through the 22nd. I just feel like between now and them, Corey, those dates, something like a once never, never seen or heard before in the history of the American government. It's about to be something that has never been happened before. We come back. We want to hear from you, the WTMJ talk and text line. And I really, really would love if anyone would call. We're becoming texters. I want to, I want to hear your voice. Your voice is valuable. 855-616-1620. We're going to continue this conversation. Also, the Voting Rights Act bill that was originally signed in 1965 under the Lyndon B. Johnson administration is up for renewal and Democrats, Senate Democrats are making sure that not only but it does not prevent a certain demographic from having fair and equal access to voting during this presidential election. You are listening to the true segment on WTMJ. I am Denise Thomas, guest co-host filling in for Dr. Ken Harris, Corey Smith, a.k.a. C. Smith. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Welcome back to The Truth on WTMJ. You are listening to The Truth Segment on WTMJ. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Denise Thomas, the Effective Communication Coach, filling in for Dr. Ken is Corey Smith, Community Advocate and Leader. So, Corey, we've been talking about the upcoming presidential election. There's obviously a lot going on. We've got the Voting Rights Act, which is up for renewal, for lack of better words. And the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was, excuse me, was signed into law by President Lyndon B. Johnson during the height of the civil rights movement on August 6th of 1965. Well, that has now been up excuse me, for renewal, and a number of Senate Democrats are making sure that as this bill is being reintroduced, and it is now known as the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act that would restore and strengthen the rights for voting to protect voters and democracy, which is a word that has been kind of thrown around here a little bit loosely, and also making sure that the denial or abridgment of the right of any citizen of the United States to vote is not impacted based on their race or the color of their skin. Thoughts, Corey? Is this something that's necessary? Based on the redistricting? and Are, are we reintroducing this bill because it's necessary or is this something that's more of a check in the box? Probably both a political strategy, but there, I mean, there's certain districts in certain States that have been trying to, uh, pose shenanigans to, to thwart the voting, uh, in certain neighborhoods. But yeah, a little bit of both political strategy as well as probably needed in some Southern States. Southern States such as <laughs> Bama, Alabama, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi. I was going to say, you, you you leaving out another one. Starts the letter T. Tennessee. 
Texas. Yeah, Texas as well. Texas? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, listen, you know, one of the, we've talked about this before. As far as I'm concerned, and again, I'm not a political expert, so to speak. President Lyndon B. Johnson, however you feel about him, and I know a lot of Americans towards, you know, the latter part of his term, because when he announced that he wasn't going to run for reelection, based on the type of leader that Lyndon B. Johnson was, it was like, basically, I ain't going out like that. Y'all obviously don't like me due to Vietnam. But when you think about what he got done for this country, and now you have this Voting Rights Act that, again, was signed under his administration up for renewal during the presidential election year. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because again, there are people that are intentional about making sure that even in 2024, based on the fear of how you may vote. And again, I want to be clear. I, I, I hope that as we continue to hear more from Robert Kennedy Jr., who is running independent for this upcoming presidential election, that we don't make assumptions that certain people, based on their race or color of their skin, are going to vote a certain way. Because as a black person in this country, as a black woman in this country, you know, I, I, I have some, some questions for the Democratic Party. Because I know that it has been uh, heavily... The Democratic Party has 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 assumed that as a black person, you're we're getting your vote. And I just want to be clear. As I continue to have more and more conversations, Corey, with people of color and black people in particular. Don't assume. Don't assume. So we'll see. Now, in other news, Corey, you brought this up. (laughs) This is crazy. GoFundMe says $30 billion with a B has been raised on its crowdfunding and nonprofit giving platforms. Now, Corey, you made a good point because as we continue to, as Americans, navigate through inflation, cost of living prices going up, we still now have a GoFundMe crowdfunding campaign that has generated $30 billion since the year of 2010. GoFundMe announced this on Tuesday of last week. As younger generations are looking beyond institutions to make their donations, GoFundMe has generated $30 billion since 2010. So basically, and this is coming from Tim Cadigan, who is the GoFundMe CEO. 150 million people have either sent or received money through the platform year to date. Gen Zers and millennial donors, as well as those who are not married and those who are less religious, are more likely to give through crowdfunding, i.e. GoFundMe, than to traditional nonprofits. What is the underlying message here, Corey? People need money. People need money. It's 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 amazing to me, and and I've been able to to help people through GoFundMe as well, you know. But it it is it's pretty interesting that there are a lot of people who do simply do not have the means 
to cover themselves during emergencies or, or health issues or things that may come up. And, and I think as we as we move to the election, these are some of the questions that Americans need to ask. Why are Americans so in need? $30 billion is a lot of money. I mean, and when you, and when you combine oh. that where economics majors or economics people who, who study that say that most Americans don't have between $500 to $1,000 to cover themselves within the matter of emergency, that is amazing. But yet we're, we're spending millions on, on, on PlayStations, TVs, cars, boats, whatever you may have it. And yet most Americans do not have $500 to $1,000 cash on hand mm-hmm. to help them out in the case of an emergency. And, and in a lot of these situations, this leads to GoFundMe pages. Now, what's interesting is that the most common donation on GoFundMe is $50. And, you know, the, the, the perception is that most people that put up a GoFundMe just a bunch of strangers are like, you know, here, I'll give you money. The CEO of GoFundMe, again, Tim Cadigan, says that's, quote, not how it works. You are putting up a GoFundMe and you ask the people that you know to help you, that you know. However, if you look at, let's just take, for example, in 2023, January 2nd, when the Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin's, when he had the, the heart attack, he collapsed on live television. 210,000 people donated from around the world on that platform that day. 210,000 people. And if the average or the most common amount is $50, you do the math. And so what this is saying that we are no longer looking at telethons. We're no longer looking at you know, people, nonprofit organizations like American Red Cross, we are we are literally going to GoFundMe as a crowdfunding campaign to support others, whether it's gifts, whether it's donations, whatever it is. Now, what puts this at risk is now in any situation where the honest person is sincerely sincerely wanting to help someone then you have those that take advantage and use the funds fraudulently so how do you feel about that Corey do you feel as though there needs to be more scrutiny there needs to be more other fun rate we need to get back working through nonprofit formal nonprofit 501c3 organizations versus crowdfunding platforms such as GoFundMe. I think it keeps coming back to me. We need the government to do its job. Uh, One excerpt from an article, it says, Americans like to congratulate themselves on the fact that they give more charity than other nations. But GoFundMe's success is directly attributable to our refusal as a nation to grapple with why so many Americans are having trouble paying from everything to children's cancer treatments to school lunches. Mm. And so we need the government to look at why, why if, if we're the, the most richest, wealthiest, strongest country on, 
in the world, why are so many people having problems? $30 billion, that's up from nine. It was, it was just at $9 billion in 2019. And just four years later, that's a great question. We come back, Corey. We want to present that question to our listeners. The WTMJ Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. You are listening to The Truth Segment with Denise Thomas and our guest co-host filling in for Dr. Ken Harris, Corey Smith, a.k.a. C. Smith. Crowdfunding campaigns, $30 billion. That's a real number. Are we losing sight of life insurance insurance and just depending on these crowdfunding campaigns stay tuned more to come we'll be back back to the truth on wtmj you are listening to the truth segment on wtmj this is denise thomas the effective communication coach Filling in for Dr. Ken this evening, we have our guest co-host, Corey Smith, a.k.a. C. Smith. Corey, how you doing, brother? I'm well. Blessed. Good. Yes. That's always a great position to be in. Um, it, it's Sunday, March 3rd, 2024, and there is a lot going on, not only in the world, not only in this country, but in Wisconsin. Abnormal weather. We've talked about the weather in the 70s, in southeast Wisconsin, in the month of March, that's a big deal. Especially when you go to the extreme west coast of this country, California, and in particular, northern California, is right now going through a blizzard. We've also talked about the realities that we're facing as we approach a presidential election in November of this year. We have one more than likely, as you had reported, Corey, President Trump is going to be the Republican national candidate, more than likely, even though Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, who is also on the Republican national candidate ticket, just won the GOP primary in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. President Biden. A lot of folks are concerned about his age. He's 81. His health has been questionable. So there's a lot of things that we as Americans are, are factoring as we elect the next leader of the free world, i.e. the United States of America. Also, as we continue to make decisions, <laughs> and I mean, we make decisions when it comes to just fundamental things as going to the grocery store. We have, as Americans, leveraged GoFundMe, i.e. crowdfunding campaigns, and since 2010, GoFundMe, according to an official announcement that came from Tim Cadigan, the CEO of GoFundMe, 150 million people have either sent or received money through GoFundMe since 2010, generating $30 billion of donations. Corey, do we have our priorities straight in this country? We don't. And, and even worse, neither does the government. Why do you say that? 
And when you look at, I have a certain vantage point that allows me to understand certain things that the, the most public may not understand. When you when you look at the cost of prescription drugs uh, for, for certain elements in this country, they're thousands and thousands of dollars more than they may be in other countries. Uh, and, and, you know, America, especially with GoFundMe, you, we, we love a charitable story. We we love to pat our backs when we do something charitable. And and, it, and it's 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 good. And, you know, don't. But the fact remains, America is still the only country. A civilized country that does not have a national paid sick leave, doesn't have a family leave policy. You know, and so this leads to GoFundMe of, a, of contributing $100 so someone can go spend time with a sick parent or a child rather than the government putting policies in place that prevents these types of things. And, and again, not discounting charitable acts, I, I, I believe it. I think it's phenomenal and, and encourage people to continue doing it. But the government has to do their job, especially when we have to deal with with their constant bickering, bickering every single day. Well, it's, you know, I really appreciate you bringing this topic as part of our broadcast today because the reality also is that a number of nonprofit organizations are being negatively impacted by this. Let's, let's just first start with, with this fact. Nonprofit organizations are required by the government to share information about the grants they receive, the grants they give, as well as donations that they receive. They have to report that not only to the public, but also to the Internal Revenue Service, i.e. IRS. The problem, or I shouldn't say the problem, I don't want to be dramatic, but the, the opportunity is as e-commerce continues to increase. So Let's just let's just put GoFundMe to the side, Corey. You've got a lot of payment applications such as Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. The list goes on and on. Where, you know, through these platforms, you can transfer money. And quite frankly, up until this tax filing year, anything below $20,000, you didn't have to report. It didn't have to be, you know, public information, whereas nonprofits are like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Like we, we have been in existence for decades in this country, and now we're seeing a shift of where – and when I say a shift, Corey, there was – according to and, – and there was an anonymous nonprofit organization. So we all know the Tuesday after Thanksgiving in the United States is known as Giving Tuesday. This past Giving Tuesday in 2023, there was 10%, there was a 10% decrease in the number of donors that were going, you know, online to official 501c3 organizations and donating 10%. So think about that, Corey. If, and I, you know, I don't want to state, I don't want to pick on a nonprofit organization for hypothetical purposes. But let's just say um, a nonprofit organization known as Help the Needy. I'm making this up for the purpose of this conversation. If Help the Needy every given every Giving Tuesday up until last year was receiving 
$100,000 on average. And, and last year, they received only $90,000. That's a big difference, Corey. That's huge. And so as we continue to you know, rely upon and utilize crowdfunding campaigns such as GoFundMe, how does this impact nonprofit organizations in terms of how they not only receive donations, but how they're able to give? This is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. That's interesting. That That is 10%? 10%. Again, so if – think about it, Corey. That's, that is literally someone's salary. It could be a part-time you know, employee. It could be a human resource, resource, whatever the case is. If, if I am now, as a nonprofit organization leader, with everything that's going on in this country, have now been hit with this, you know, how do we go back to normalizing charitable donations through nonprofits versus now? Because that's $30 billion? I'll give you another example. GoFundMe, through crowdfunding, raised $1.6 billion for students and teachers since the year of 2010, which allowed public school teachers, you know, to, to have classroom supplies. But that that's that's a real number. Yeah. And it, the, the crazy the crazy part of it, there was other platforms before GoFundMe that were focusing on how do we support teachers in public schools, et cetera, et cetera. And now it seems as though GoFundMe has taken over. But but would you have to raise money for teachers if you were paying them accordingly? And see, again, falls back on the government. You know, now Great we're, point. It, it, now we're relying on charity to do the government's work. And again, the way that these politicians promote themselves and their parties, you you would think that they would have the very basic sustenance for Americans covered. They do not. When you have to raise the thirty billion dollars, uh, we how, how much? Let's mo- take a break. Yep. We got to take a break. But when we come back, hold that thought, Corey, because you're you're dropping some gems. You're bringing some great points. You are listening to the Truth segment on WTMJ. The talking text line is eight five five six one six one six two zero. Are we losing faith in our government? Are we losing faith in formal organizations that support? Are we just now relying on GoFundMe? More to come. We come back. Stay tuned. This is The Truth on WTMJ. You are listening to The Truth segment on WTMJ. Happy Sunday, everybody. Hope you're getting ready to have a great week. The weather is definitely going to be uh, helping us get through a new week. Corey Smith joins us, guest co-hosting, filling in for Dr. Ken. We've got some uh, comments coming in on the WTMJ talking text line, which is 855-616-1620. So, Corey, uh, some folks said drop the GoFundMe stuff. Who cares? Talk about the health issues caused by racism. Tell me why Canada has a 3.25 infant death in the in, in the U.S. is 6.5. Reaction? Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but 
circles back to what we we're talking about. The the care in this country has declined significantly. There is some tremendous work being done around infant mortality in the state of Wisconsin, by the way. I won't drop names, but there is some tremendous work being done uh, by health systems and in, uh, practitioners and clinicians uh, in the state of Wisconsin around that. It's phenomenal work. I encourage the listener to to look into some of those things that is being done in the state uh, Wisconsin here. But it, it is very high here in America and again, there's many factors behind that. But it, for me, it comes back to the government to, and, and how they are addressing social determinants of health uh, uh, here in, in this country. And for the record, infant mortality affects African-American women double the amount that it does any other women in their demographic in this country. Mm-hmm. And. So what is the, so I know this person, our listener says, talk about the health issues caused by racism. Forget the GoFundMe stuff. But to your point, Corey, and I, I don't I don't want to assume that you were alluding to this, but there is a direct correlation between systemic racism that impacts equal and fair access to quality health care with GoFundMe, because, you know, we, we talk about access to quality health care and a lot of americans including those of color don't have it so they have to rely upon hey my mother was diagnosed with cancer or my mother you know has type you know a diabetes and she's not or my father i need some gofundme help so when you say drop the gofundme stuff who cares there's a lot of people that are dealing with health issues caused by systemic racism and have to depend on GoFundMe yeah, you can't in drop. order to have treatment. Right. Yeah, you can't drop you, it. You can't drop one. And then th- th- these problems are aligned. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I, we don't have all day to talk about health issues caused by racism. <laughs> but, yeah, if they were addressed, the GoFundMe stuff would decline because Americans would get proper sustenance. Exactly. Uh, it's even with, I mean, people who work in insurance will tell you that that the majority of Americans don't even have life insurance. They're taking let trips. Let alone health insurance. They, let alone health yeah. insurance. Yet, yet yeah. they're on planes. They're flying to Vegas. Yep. They're flying to L.A. They, they're in Miami for the weekend. And you don't even have enough money to bury a loved one if need be. And here and here's where it gets controversial for me. If I know that I can use crowdfunding campaigning, such as GoFundMe, versus seeking life insurance, health insurance, then this will continue to increase. And you know, again, there's a number of nonprofit organizations, including here in southeastern Wisconsin. That based on these, can you like think about that, Corey? Nonprofit organizations, and I sit on a number of boards for nonprofit organizations. Fundraising, it is it is critical. Like nonprofits cannot exist without fundraising, and it is daily. And then you have you know signature fundraising events, but nonprofit organizations cannot exist without fundraising. And if we are now turning into a society of where we would much rather use a platform like GoFundMe versus a 501c3, this will continue to get worse. And this will continue to impact infant mortality rates increasing in the U.S. 
there is a direct correlation between healthcare issues caused by racism as well as healthcare issues caused by racism due to I don't have the exposure, access, or uh, affordability, so I'm just going to go to GoFundMe. That's it. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you all so much for listening. Corey, thank you so much for being here. Again, we're going to take a break, come back, wrap things up. You are listening to the Truth Segment on WTMJ. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Truth on WTMJ. As long as I got my suit and tie, you are listening to The Truth Segment on WTMJ. We're closing out. Corey Smith, guest host hosting with me. Thank you so much, Corey. Final thoughts as we wrap up another episode. I just want to give thoughts and prayers to the family of longtime ESPN reporter Chris Mortensen, who passed away today. Phenomenal reporter. Grew up listening to him. He will be missed. Uh, so for all sports fans, keep the Mortensen family in your prayers. Thank you for that, Corey. Uh, again, I completely agree. I grew up watching him, too. That is a, uh, a significant loss for not only the sports broadcasting industry, but the broadcasting journalism industry. So, again, Mr. Mortensen, rest in heaven, rest in peace, and condolences and thoughts to your loved ones. We did it, Corey. Another episode. We will be back next Sunday, Corey and I, as we continue to guest co-host and fill in for Dr. Ken. You can always tune in and listen to me on 101.7 FM, The Truth, which is a sister station of Good Karma Brands or sister station of WTMJ under Good Karma Brands. So I'll be back on the air tomorrow, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. every weekday morning, Central Standard Time. Y'all, make it a great week. And thank you so much again for tuning in. You got this. Make it a great week. Tell somebody you love them. And you know what? As we celebrate Women's History Month, let a powerful, significant, or just a woman who puts a smile on your face every day, let them know that you appreciate them, you love them. And again, let's enjoy this great weather and make it a great week. Go Bucks tomorrow. Beat them Clippers. We'll hear and see y'all next Sunday. Peace out.